0: Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed and today we're very lucky to be joined by Joe Watkins. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good, thanks, Ed. Awesome, yeah, man. Um, so again, I said off there, uh, but uh, sorry about all the the rescheduling and kerfuffle. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy new start to the new year, but we're here now and we're ready to talk. So, thanks, man, for bearing with me. That's no problem. Um, so, yeah, how was your Christmas and New Year's? You get up to? I know. I remember you talking about the now TV boxes. Yeah, holding um, up your broadband connection.
1: Yeah, they they the kids had a really good. Christmas, and they got in a, a lot of stuff, but they got um, amongst them them now TV boxes that use like um on demand services. And, and we got them Sky Movies on it as well. Oh, and yeah, now just, up. <laughs> they just sit there, just chewing up half of the bandwidth all day long. And I'm like, sitting <laughs> in the office, quitting my teeth. Don't you want to go to bed yet, kids? Don't you want to play Monopoly?
0: Yeah, <laughs> don't you do something off the internet because daddy needs it for work. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, but oh dear. This could be the case of having two internet connections into the house now, isn't it? You know, I don't know whether you can kind of try and convince that, but...
1: Well, I I don't know. I might just get a faster net connection, I suppose, just upgrade the connection.
0: Yeah, and hope that then they don't go, oh, it's now in HD, Dad, look, I can crank it up. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, duh. I suppose you have two of those boxes in the house, yeah, and then I suppose you've got you doing what you're doing. Yeah, and then, yeah my connection got, and, then,
1: and then my missus has got an LTV like in the living room as well. Oh so.
0: no! So three boxes running at once. Yeah,
1: it's, it really does suck it up.
0: Man, yeah, that does sound like it. Yeah, poor internet connection. Yeah, <laughs> and a uh, class actually. Do you have a well a TV license, obviously? But then do you actually use an aerial, like a TV aerial, coming into the thing, or do you just use now an TV? And oh Hollywood? yeah, no,
1: we've got we got the freeview as well. But um,
0: does I'm, anyone use it?
1: No, not really, because there's like four things I like on TV, and and they're on at like really uh, awkward times, and so uh, the now the now TV lets you watch on demand. So that's exactly
0: exactly yeah, when you want to. I mean, this is the thing. Like, um, I've recently moved out for the first time, and we had to buy a TV license and all that stuff, and it's just like I don't need to set up an aerial. Like, I I just Uh, yeah, you just use like you know the on demand services when you want to do it. I mean, the whole way we've kind of consumed TV now has changed completely.
1: Yeah. And then LTV boxes actually also stream some channels, uh, like live, like uh, oh really? Comedy yeah, Comedy Central and Discovery. Oh, wow. And that's
0: Sky pretty... One. So that sounds so, awesome. Yeah. Not for you when you're trying to work, because then your kids are on it, but, you know, that sounds awesome if you want to use it.
1: Yeah, a bit of a shit for me, but they're loving it. You know?
0: <laughs> oh, dear. So. Yeah, so Matt. So I noticed that you've actually started blogging, because um, so, it's been probably about four or five months since we last spoke, um, yeah. but yeah, you started blogging, man, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm just wondering, what made you take the leap? Uh, peer pressure, actually. <laughs> I, I can actually, answer, yeah, I mean, I can see that, you know, you have a lot to say, and people want to, you know, say... So, but I don't
1: really have a lot to say, like, I'm not a person that can, I'm not a person that can feel like hours of talk time, but I've occasionally got something to say, and it might be relevant. And, uh, yeah, I chat to a lot of people in a, in a Stack Overflow chat, and it was basically peer pressure. They just kept asking me when I'm going to start blogging, and it's easier just to do it in the end. Yeah,
0: it's just like, uh, okay,
1: I'll start, I'll start, you know. At first, you're like, oh, I haven't really got time, and then they realise that you're on there, like, three yeah, hours. It's daddy. like, we could probably
0: we'll just... cut off that a bit of that time for you to actually yeah. do
1: some stuff. So, it was peer pressure, yeah, but uh, I quite enjoy it, though.
0: No, that's awesome. I mean, the, the, some of the articles you put, I mean, just, just recently, um, I've just uh, listened to the, well, uh, watched the lightning talk that you uh, released just before Christmas, mm. the Parallel Pier, Pier one, and really interesting. I'm looking forward to, have you got any, uh, like, lightning talks set up, like, dates set up that you um, plan to go to?
1: I've submitted to PHP South Coast, but um, I've never actually done a talk before, and I'm quite a shy person in, in real life, and um, I'm crapping my pants, actually.
0: But like, everyone, dude, I think again.
1: I, peer pressure has made me do it.
0: Everyone kept saying,
1: have "You submitted yet? Have you submitted yet?" And you just can't find excuses off. <laughs> I after.
0: know. This is yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, "I'm busy." It's like again, you're on Stack Overflow. You're blogging. You could just yeah. defend it. It's like, damn it, they know too much about my life.
1: But it is. It is. I do find it quite hard though. I'm not. I'm not really one for doing like diagrams and stuff i like i like words
0: i like to explain things with words well i mean i I, I i've watched that video a couple of times now and i really like it man i think you've done a really good job um so i think yeah you're i think you're fine at doing it i think the thing i i I mean yeah I, i definitely respect you for trying to you know stand up in front of all these people and do it and stuff but at the end of the day you've just got to try and take the leap and if you help one person in that room understand it better you've done your job
1: I think also the format's a bit flawed of talking at um, conferences because you find that it's just a person on stage and they're making unchecked assertion after unchecked assertion, and you can't by the end of the talk you don't really want you don't really want to ask ten questions about the beginning. So yeah, with, with like a podcast, there's a bit of back and forth, and with like a conversation, there's a chance to intervene and say, well, what do you mean by that? And could can you can you explain that a bit further? But when there's a talk, you don't really get to do that. Your your understanding of the message relies on your understanding of every single component part at the same level as the speaker. And so you don't really I don't I don't really like I'd like to arrange something where I get to have a conversation with someone, because uh, I think that works better.
0: I think no, I think that's really true. I think like almost like it depends on the size of the conference as well, doesn't it? Because say if you've got like a hundred people in the room and then you say you what you say 'cause a lot of the like people say, Oh, you know, ask questions throughout but then it yeah. breaks up the you know the talk and people get annoyed if people keep asking questions. But and it's easy
1: for the person on stage who's already standing in front of several hundred people to say, "Oh yeah, just just back in." But the people in the audience aren't the same kind of person. That's honestly. exactly it.
0: They're they're the ones that yeah behind the... you know they are the ones who don't really want to be. Yeah, you know, they, know. Don't
1: wanna, they don't want to. They don't want to do that. It's too uncomfortable. So if you have, I thought if I have someone like on stage with me, and and we have a conversation and they get to check my assertions sort of thing. I think that'll work, that'll work better. And if it's not someone... Like, there would be no point in doing it with someone from PHP internals because they wouldn't be asking any questions. But if I did it with just a normal PHP programmer, that they'd ask the right kind of questions, like the kind of questions that people are thinking of that just don't cross my mind.
0: That's a really... Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, It's almost like bringing one of the people from the audience into up yeah. onto the stage and they're going to be kind of like what the audience is thinking.
1: Yeah. And someone also in tune with, um, humans. Cause I'm not really very in tune with humans.
0: Humans <laughs> but, are weird. Humans. yeah. yeah. Computers are nice. That's what we do. You know, we like computers. But yeah, yeah. Humans are just weird.
1: But I would really like, I would really like to arrange something like that. It's, it's difficult though, because conferences aren't really geared up for that. Um, like say, I think
0: user groups and stuff like starting off on that kind of thing may be a really good idea. Yeah, and then if the format works, just see
1: see what you could see what you could do to make it work in a, in a bigger audience. I mean, there are, there are like TED talks and that that are based around that sort of thing, um, so
0: maybe that could work. Now that's a really really interesting point. Like, are you hoping then to kind of try and meld the parallel PHP one into something like that, or is this just your first foray? I'm going to do a lightning talk for say ten minutes and well, yeah, get you some I mean, confidence.
1: I'm going to try and develop it into about 15... I mean, the lightning talk is about 20 minutes long, apparently. So I'm going to develop it into about 15 minutes and then just hope there are questions. I'm sure there Or use... Yeah, but there might be questions on people's tongues, but whether they're actually willing to say, Oh, excuse yeah. me. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, so maybe I could just gather some questions up that have been asked like electronically, where people are braver.
0: I think that's it. I think actually, you're taking advantage of the internet. I think people would, you know, say, look, tweet me throughout the talk if you've got a question. Yeah, that's good. And that's at the end, yeah. you know, we'll 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 just, you know, I won't even show you on screen who it is. Yeah, you know, I'll just, okay. you know, because that is it. I mean, people are more likely to send something over, like the internet, you know, over digital means than put, put up their hand because we're geeks, yeah. we're computer program. That you know, that's our whole our, our whole identity is around being quite shy and not wanting yeah. to kind of be on stage yeah but no, oh man but I'm sure you'll be you'll be fine you'll knock it out of the park and you know I think I think everyone still gets nervous when they're doing a present like something like that I'm sure
1: yeah I, I've talked to like Anthony and a few other speakers about it and I'll probably be able to get advice but I'll be surprised if the first one's not a little bit terrible I mean
0: it, <laughs>
1: it you learn it don't you this is it I mean yeah
0: it is it's a skill that you pick up and the only yeah. way of being able to do it you know, and, and get better at it is by actually doing it in real life, is doing yeah. it in RL. You can't, you can't really fake it just by saying, oh, I've stayed stuck in a room. Now I'm amazing at it. It's like, actually, you've got to go out there and... Have lights and cameras on you and... And do, do all the shebang. Yeah. Oh, man. But, um, so what cool projects, then, have you been working on recently? Oh,
1: well, um, I found out about a thing called Vitesse, which uh, YouTube use to, to aid scaling MySQL... It's really cool um it's written in go and it's got like a ruby appy and there's a java appy but there's no php extension and i started started looking at that i was going to do a pdo driver but then when you read the documentation of this for testing it does it keeps warning you that it's not really ready for production and it's only really been tested at youtube and although it has been used for many years at youtube it's one thing to use something for one site and another to use it for general purpose.
0: Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah, they they have engineers and they've written the thing, so they know the, co- the, the code inside yeah. and out. And
1: obviously, the documentation's incomplete, and it's a lot of just just reading the code. And um, it does some really clever things. It's got like, basically, um, so you communicate with one end, with one endpoint from all of your servers, and that one endpoint distributes traffic among among many MySQL servers. And in between, they've got like a row cache and um, they've got like a query rewriter so that if you do a stupid query that will be taking too long or or can be written better, it will rewrite the query on the fly. And um, it's got like... um, So normally, a problem with a cache is you'll often have many machines on the network making the same request at the same time and then all stampeding the cache with... with
0: The same result.
1: Yeah. So in... With test, because you're only communicating with one endpoint, it can actually hold up all the other requests for the same
0: query until the first one is finished. Uh, and then return that just one result to, to everyone.
1: Yeah. So these are all very good ideas. Um, and at first I was looking at a PDO driver, and now I'm, I'm just reading, really, just seeing how feasible it is just to do a ground-up implementation with a focus on uh, PDO and, and PHP. But I don't know how much time I've got for it, so I don't know how much um, how far I'll get with that. But that's that's what I'm doing at the moment.
0: That's awesome. I mean, does my uh, MySQL support have its own kind of clustering? Uh, clustering? <laughs> yeah. What? How does this differ then?
1: It's very fragile, and um, it's not even at the scale of YouTube. It's fragile. It is. It is fragile. It's difficult to get it to work. That that's the thing. There's there's lots of software out there for high availability, but actually configuring it is. Quite a task I mean there's uh, it's, it's not e- not easy at all and not helped by the fact that it um, mySQL is fragile the uh, replication is not great and um the things that actually give Vitesse a, a massive um improvement in scalability are not are not actually connected to mySQL they're the things they put in between mySQl and and the client like the row cache and and that sort of thing that's what actually. That's what actually wins out, and and they get the chance to make it a bit more reliable because that you know you're communicating with a different protocol, so it doesn't have the same. Oh, it's got a, it's actually got a it pulls connections as well, which is also important, especially for for PHP. That idea is, gives it quite a good, quite a good scalability improvement. So yeah, I would say that yeah, MySQL has, but and so is the operating system underneath, like distributed replicated block devices and things like that, but it's fragile. This is simple. The ideas, are si- the ideas are simple.
0: And they've been put in place by YouTube and, and they're using yeah. them. So, you know, it's, it's proven it's, to work. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it, it's not, no BS really, because if it's working for them, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's going to work for you. Well, you know, the, the ideas would work for your solution. For and your it's problem.
1: actually, been, it's been working for all of their happy requests since 2011. So that's a wow, size. Wow. That that
0: yeah. That is a sizable time as well for it to yeah. kind of have problems and growing problems and stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how long ago they open sourced it. I mean, my, um, my manager just said to me, Oh, can you check out this, this thing called the test? And he showed me a video on YouTube, just a short 10 minute video about it. And then I thought, Oh, yeah, it's interesting. But I don't know how long it's been open sourced, but the video is about it just being open sourced so yeah
0: i haven't heard uh, yeah it hasn't crossed my like it's 2011 you think people would have brought it up up already so it must have just recently been yeah it's just recently been opened yeah so so it's all written in go then yeah um yeah is this your first foray into go like looking at it actually in more in depth or have you done projects on it before
1: i've read it before um I've read about Go, and I could write something in Go, but I, ha- I just haven't had a... No one's said anything that I thought, oh, yeah, I should do that in Go. Yeah, just not yet. But, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to read as well. It's easy to understand. But the problem is that it's not... Re- it, uh, it hasn't. doesn't make it very easy to integrate with PH anything really written in Go because um, the Python client that they've got and the Java client that they've got has got the overhead of, like, a binary protocol, and I just don't really like the... I don't. I don't really like the way it's done. Actually, that that's sort of why I started looking at whether it would be possible to s- just take the ideas and reuse the ideas. But but
0: so so what is um so it's for the audience a binary protocol then so is that like an in between of how the yeah. app would work?
1: Yeah, basically. Um, th- there's no like there's there's an overhead in between the the, the client of Python and Java. Because it's got to communicate with Go, because it's not in the same environment. So they've not. got to
0: have like a translation layer, almost, yeah. where it's like, oh, now we've got this layer that we both agree on that this is how it works.
1: Yeah. So you, what, we could we could do like a driver for we could do a driver for PHP doing the same thing. But I just wonder if it, a tighter integration might eliminate some. I mean, the last pro, Where Where are the last problems that they've got with scaling it? Where are they coming from? They seem to have solved all the problems, but they might have introduced one by adding this complexity by writing it in Go in the first place.
0: <laughs> it made it
1: quicker for them to
0: write it and That's it, yeah.
1: But but now they're sort of if they're not writing in Go or, or they're not using one of the languages they've created these the binary drive-
0: translations for like yeah, it, yep.
1: I, I I don't I don't like that. I think if the server was C and the client was C then we'd have a tighter integration and there's less margin for error and easier to maintain and easier to make stable and I just think that would be better. But I uh, I mean it's written by people at YouTube, so I can very easily be wrong. <laughs> but uh I, if I've got time to find out if I'm wrong, I'll probably do that.
0: Well that's awesome. Yeah, no, I've never heard of that. So that'd be really cool to see how you kinda of get on with what you're doing there and so so with with Go, so what what cool features of Go, I'll put in quotes cool features, um, that do you like in Go that you Oh know, uh,
1: well it's concurrencies. Yeah, like cool. the
0: channels and stuff like yeah, that. I mean that's
1: that's pretty cool, but it's not enough for me to say, well, I already know languages that support concurrency really well. So I don't, I, it's not enough for me to say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take something I would otherwise do in C or Java or C sharp and do it in this new language just because it's a new new language. But I don't know much about it. Maybe there is stuff that makes it a better better suit, but I just don't know about it. That's possible.
0: And it's the cool hip thing, you know. You're a go-get, ga- you know, go gangster.
1: Yeah, I said to someone on Reddit the other day. It might have been a bit unfair, but I said to someone on Reddit the other day that when we want to make money or we want to have time to sit around and play with Go, we use PHP, and in my case, I use C as well because it's it goes very hip and it's very cool. But uh, it hasn't been here, for and ten... has it,
0: it hasn't standard the test of time of no. like other languages like C, pretty much. You know, at the end of the day,
1: yeah. It ha- uh, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know. If it's going to be here in ten years. I don't know what. Maybe there'll be something else. I mean, quite a, quite a lot of languages pop up and they're cool for a while, and then they just disappear. And then
0: what? And then yeah, uh, exactly. You've got these dead code bases. Where...
1: Yeah. I mean, j- even Java's a bit like that. Uh, everyone was using Java a few years ago.
0: Well, it was the saviour. It was the the, the yeah. language to you know to fix all languages. But now um, it's I so know, uncool to use Java. It's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it?
1: I know. Yeah, I said it a minute ago, but yeah, I said I, I use it sometimes because good language but it's not cool anymore no, no one no one would, no would blog about
0: it <laughs> no no exactly it's, I mean the, the beautiful thing about Java is the JVM so you know you've got these other languages on top that take advantage of the JVM but yeah you know I mean I think with Java and stuff it's yeah it, it, it's kind of I mean to, in like 95 wasn't it? it was like the savior of languages you know we no longer have to deal with garbage collection and all this stuff, even though, you know, that's been around for a long time and other things, but yeah. And even though actually you do,
1: I mean, every, it might be me, maybe I'm just really bad at Java, but every suitably, like everything of a certain complexity that I've had to write in Java, I have ended up in the profiler. I mean, Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: absolutely. You have to take... I mean, you're still considering that the fact that you're using a garbage collector, which will will halt, you know, your execution and then try and do some cleanup. So you have to bear that in mind. Yeah, the magic is... The
1: profiling platform, I can't remember what it's called now, but the one that everyone uses is so cool. I mean, it has been around for so long because everyone uses it, it's so well developed. Uh well that would that wouldn't be necessary if Java was magic and really (laughs) you didn't have to worry about everything that you do have to worry about.
0: Yeah, why would you need a profiler if it's magically doing all the stuff? Yeah, Yeah, that's a very good point. These tools, these instruments wouldn't be needed. And they
1: wouldn't be so they wouldn't be so good. I mean they are really good and yeah, they wouldn't be needed if they weren't needed. Yeah. So they obviously are needed. Because, yeah, it,
0: p- people wouldn't have spent so much time to make them good if they weren't needed. They'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, we don't need this because it's awesome. It's magic, you know? Yeah, that's not the case. <laughs> um, I noticed, actually, on your blog, uh, you've had, like, a three-part series uh, and you've been working on strict Scala parameter type hints. Yeah. Uh, um, how is that going, And, and, and like, the strict extension? How, have, do you care giving the audience a brief introduction and... Out to, to what it is, and
1: okay, so um, PHP's only got like half a type system.
0: Half a type. Um, yep. <laughs> uh,
1: you can't. You can't hint for most most types. So you can do
0: callables. Should... Uh, well, callables arrays. Arrays of really classes. Types? Those. Yeah. Are, and then you know your classes that you create.
1: Yeah, um, which is less than half of all of the types that we support, and um, it's really frustrating because documenters and and just normal programmers have to come up with stuff they write in comments and.
0: Yeah, they end up having to use dot .comments just to tell you yeah. how the thing is going to be, what you want to use it. So that's quite horrible.
1: And there's no good reason for it. So I started off by, the nicest thing to do would be allow people to, um, do you know what auto-boxing is? Well, I yeah. suppose I'll explain auto boxing, Yeah, you right? might
0: as well explain. Yeah, Java is lovely. Basically,
1: uh, uh, so at runtime, you, you hint for an integer and you, you you pass an integer, but it's not, you just pass the actual number, it's not wrapped Um as a class, auto boxing allows you to define a class that wraps the value and allows you to manipulate it while you're inside the function
0: as an object, as, as an object. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so I started off with that idea. That's probably quite a bad explanation. You can look it up. Auto-box. Oh
0: no, no, I know no, you, that was a really good, I mean, it's just wrapping. It's the idea that we have these primitive types that we then want to use as objects and, yeah. and you know, the, the compiler or, you know, the runtime knows how to, up almost up cut you know construct an object out of it and then destruct it again when it wants to get it back out
1: yeah and also it gives you the opportunity to implement your own kind of casting um because you if you you, you the casting is defined by the constructor of the autobox so um that's that's another that's another advantage of it but in the real world that was extremely very very painfully slow um so then i went from that to just doing Xen uh, would complain like it normally does if you pass the wrong type of class or the wrong type to an array or callable parameter. And that's where it is at the moment. So it's just a strict it's just literally a strict hinting mechanism. Since that though there's an RFC being discussed at the moment which implements um casting or coercion. Um So it uses the same rules that PHP uses now. So if you use a, a string say in the context of an integer bit as end will cast it into the correct type so in the same way this new rfc if you pass the wrong type it will use the same rules and convert to the correct type um i'm not really a big fan of that arrays are strict callables are strict and classes are strict so to then have half of a, uh, more than half of our types be dynamic is a bit weird i mean you can't if you hint for an array you can't pass um a traversable say Uh, So it doesn't... That's really inconsistent. I think it's inconsistent. And uh, the solution to that is being suggested that we could have, like, a a per file strict mode, which is just really, really horrible. I mean, you don't want a function that behaves differently or a function call behaves differently in two different places. That doesn't make any sense. But that's what's what's being discussed at the moment, so I I kind of watch a bit scared uh, that that might happen. (laughs) And then I... I'll probably just drop the strict extension I mean if it gets or, or port it for just five if it gets into if this weird um I mean I, at one point I was in favor of that and so were some others but um it seems like the, su- the superior implementation is just to do sh- strict um hinting so that
0: so so almost what you're saying so that what the strict uh, the, the what you've implemented is so just adding on to the fact that at the moment we are able to type for arrays for callables and, and, for for, and for classes, just say we can also type in for integers, strings, in, strings, stumbles. and stuff, you know, yeah. things like that. And uh, you know, really, it doesn't do it. So if you uh, if you were to pass in, say, a, a string where it's an integer, it wouldn't do any magic to say, oh, I can convert this. No, like, it
1: would error. Like it would if you if you hinted for an array and passed the it. That's it.
0: It wouldn't go. Oh, you know, I, exactly. Yeah, it would be strict on it because or, you should or, only or, be dealing with integers in this case. Actually,
1: the array and callable one is a, is a bad example. Because, like the
0: array and traversable. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I think I think that's a superior implementation, not just for the extension. I think that's uh, just a better just a better idea. But uh, it's got the support of quite a few people, so I don't know what's going to happen there.
0: So, so, so what? Sorry. So their idea then is to be able to coerce types. If you say a type hit, so give me a type hit of integer, and I say I could provide you a string that can be coerced, can be changed into an integer, Either yeah then the string will be converted into an integer and then used in that.
1: But it uses all the same casting rules that we do now. So all of the edge, weird edge cases we've got now with our casting
0: uh, rules, it's just yeah. spreading them out.
1: When, when I was in favour of it a few months ago, the, the way I, I, I thought we could go about it was to improve the casting rules first, and then maybe it might make yeah. sense. But, but even so, I don't think that makes sense. I, I think that the, the hints we've got now are strict. And um, the hints that hackers has got are strict, or so it's got a strict mode. And I just think that makes more sense.
0: And they should uh, just be strict. I mean, I suppose the only, the, the, the idea there, I suppose, is like, say we've got this fictitious, so we, when we bring something in through, through the web, and it's like, we know it's an ID, which is an integer and yeah. but it's been represented as a string at the moment because it's come through the web or like a request and then i chuck it into a into a method where well i know this is an integer in my case but it's actually a string they want it to work still before but then in in, our, in the case of being strict you'd have to convert it explicitly saying actually this is now an int value then go in and do it
1: but that's better
0: That is better, yeah, because it's it's now actually what you wanted it to be. Yeah. Really an integer.
1: The code is as you've written it. Yeah. Executes as you've written it. That's what you want. You want it to to work the way you've written it.
0: And I think that's it. I think they're kind of thinking, well, that extra, maybe that step in between then is kind of the bottleneck of, oh, but everyone's going to have to convert their type. But then actually maybe, that, as you say, that's a good thing because then you've got intent of like, well, actually, this should be yeah. an integer. This is, you know, I'm, I'm treating this as an integer. There's no magic that's happening where it's getting converted. and.
1: I, th- they, I think the main, the main argument for it is that di- PHP is a dynamic language, but if you want dynamic behavior, then you don't know about the type. Yeah, you don't I mean that. I type. mean this.
0: I suppose this is another thing. So, does providing these type hints uh, like almost go against it being a dynamic language? Well, I
1: did think it did at one point. Mm. Um, but like I just said, if you don't want, if you want dynamic behavior, then just crack on. Keep writing code. A you writing it? And those of us that want our code to be correct can write correct code.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. yeah. It's not like you're enforcing now that these. Yeah. I mean, you get the best of both worlds. You get. I mean, a lot of the
1: time, a lot of the time, those of us in favour of actual strict hints aren't going to use them. We're going to want the dynamic behaviour that comes with PHP. But those times that you don't want that, that you're maybe up against some weird edge case or. You just want more predictability, or you want the code to be correct. You want
0: self-documenting code without having yeah. to write these dot comments just for the fact that you want to, you know, tell it what you want it to pass in. Yeah, uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there. All um, the awful guards that you have to provide, like at the top of a function, just to make yeah, sure—is well, this really an integer? Can I really use it?
1: Yeah, that's just silly. Um, and also, custom's really, really inconsistent in in PHP, and it's but it's dynamic, and so uh, it fits. But if we had like um like in C plus, they've got they've got different casting functions. They've got like a I won't go into too much detail because it's a bit boring, but they've got like um static cast and reinterpret cast and, and things like that. And we could have we could have that kind of we could have that kind of functionality where we op- we introduce a new operator to cast too strictly to a specific type. So the casting rules for that can be different to the normal casting rules where you just cast by wrapping the type
0: that'd be very cool
1: well that's how c++ sort of, sort of does it but it's a bit more it's a bit more complicated than we need it but it's a good idea still mm.
0: yeah definitely um, de- the idea is taking that sounds very interesting
1: yeah but i, I don't think it's going to go my way to
0: be honest i think it's
1: going to go i think it's going to go the dynamic way
0: so we're going to have scala type hints but we're going to have the idea that we can coerce them it, there'll be anything that could be yeah which
1: is basically anything i mean phP casts never actually fail
0: no that that actually kind of goes against the whole idea of it being there yeah but yeah, yeah the that, more you think of it it does actually go against the idea that I want this to be an integer I know I'm gonna get an integer when you bring it in but but it I might don't not know make what sense the, yeah it's like i didn't know that the the user of this uh you know of the of the actual function or whatever their intent wasn't to provide me with an integer they yeah. provide me with a string so mm, yeah that could bite it that could bite us in the ass
1: don't think I'm gonna I don't think it's going to... Go. Well, it's not my way. I mean, quite a few people are thinking the same thing, but it's got basically the support of the community and that's all it really needs. I mean, I'm not going to vote against... There was, like, a thread on Reddit and there was, like, a, more than 100 comments. so I'm not going to vote against the grain just because... you feel, yeah, this is a democracy
0: of it all. Uh, yeah. If everyone else I mean, wants it.
1: there was a recent RFC where I did vote no, which is not what most people wanted. Um, there was one about having a PHV five point seven, and I did vote no because we've got an extremely limited amount of manpower.
0: So yeah, I was actually I read that on Twitter. So what is what was five point seven? The idea was it just to have a nut. So we've got five point six, and then we'd have five point seven before. So it would comes been,
1: out. It, it would have been a, um, a, tra- a sort of t- a transition between five and seven, but. Five has been out for ages and ages, and loads of people still run. I mean, the majority of people still run really old. Yeah,
0: originally. five three. If you expect, you know, yeah. unfortunately.
1: And I just, don't, I think that's a non-problem. I, I, I um, I don't think it's going to be that difficult to upgrade to seven. I mean, in a lot of cases, you're not going to have to do anything. So I don't really see that that's necessary. Not least of all, I mean, if you imagine you you work with you know ten other sysadmins, how would you like it if? On Friday, you were asked to upgrade all of your systems to 5.7, and then two days later, when you'd found out what the problem was, or that there was no problem, and you could just upgrade straight to 7, you'd have to ask them to do it again. That costs real money, and that's the
0: time. Because, what would then there be differences um, in five set? What would be added that would then be the transition? Well,
1: there wouldn't actually be any new features in five seven. There would have been deprecation notices for things that have been changed in seven or been removed. Oh seven.
0: right, I see. It's kind of like a, really th- as a maintenance release for like, hey you guys. The things we
1: the things we're removing though, um, which were basically out- outlined in Nikki's um, remove deprecated features RFC. Um, they're all things that have been deprecated for ages, and so if you haven't paid attention to them errors yet... It's then, your own fault. And, yeah, and it's, it is kind of your own fault. I don't, see, I, I don't see... I mean, I don't really... MySQL's been deprecated for ages. I mean, it is crap, and people are voting no on removing it from 5.7, and it's like, well, what's the point in saying best practices to use PDR and MySQLi if we're just going to leave it lying around deprecated for years on end? I don't
0: understand that. And and in 7, being a major release, you are expecting things to break or change. Yeah. People do expect things to be different. They don't yeah. expect, you know, like a dot release, you know, understandably, but yeah that you you expect things to be at least i just you know,
1: I, I don't think it made much sense and i don't really i don't i know that we don't have the ma we don't have the manpower and it just i don't really see the point in splitting
0: people's efforts yeah especially when now, the, the the force is limited you know really yeah. you want to have it all on one case and you don't want to be you know switching contexts between two different projects
1: right now most people are focusing on php7 i mean obviously we still got to maintain five six but most of us are focusing on seven like um all the people that write extensions we all use, like Derek, Xdebug, and people like that, uh, they're all focusing on getting their extensions ready for 7, and, and I just don't see the point in uh, derailing the train.
0: Absolutely. Uh, can I ask a really dumb question, actually, about sequel, the the extension, the original? Because, yeah. So uh, what is so what is so bad about it? I know that there's two things that I know are bad about it. So firstly, the fact that, you know, obviously it doesn't, the idea of escaping, you have to explicitly escape. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that there was a, a weird case with MySQL real escape string where you're encoding and you could specifically, you know, if you don't specify the encoding, it could get itself in a spot of bother. Are those the two things, or is there more the like, underlining level that, reason yeah, why it's so crap?
1: The, the, um, it doesn't support um, prepared queries, and um, you need that if you're not preparing queries, then you're mental. Basically, the lib, lib MySQL client was deprecated. Uh, years ago,
0: it's so, not the wow. same. And libmySQL and Lib is the is the client that's provided for, by MySQL for you yeah. to be able to access, and it's been yeah. wow.
1: There are better appies now, and we've got them, uh, MySQLi and PDO. Um, well, PDO they basically use the same appy but but the the better appies exist, and they they exist at both C and uh, PHP. So there's no re- there's no reason to keep keep on. Um,
0: using the old deprecated lip yeah
1: it's been it's been marked deprecated for so i can't remember how long now but it's been it's yeah. been like years so uh if you're ignoring that then more for you
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's time well, to make a change
1: <laughs> yeah so and that's what bhp7 is i mean we're supposed to be cleaning up and get making things better so i don't see the point in splitting attention It wouldn't it's not free to do a release i mean we've got to do, get our own managers and there's patches and security fixes, and that's a commitment. It's to...
0: another thing to maintain, isn't it? Really, yeah. It's a whole, you know, other thing that you've got to maintain. It's not and just as that. Like, oh, we can just crank out a new version today.
1: And the the, the time scale for PHP seven is a lot of people say it's unrealistic, but they reckon, uh, well, Zend re- reckon everything on their part's going to be done by, and we should be ready for a generally generally available release by November this year. This,
0: this year, wow. So
1: that is going to take an enormous amount of effort, and if we split attention between between that and a 5.7 release, I just I think we've even less chance of making it. We probably won't make it. We probably will be
0: late. I that's software development, though. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's going to
1: take such an enormous effort.
0: I don't, I don't think you see the point in derailing spreading yourself track. so thin with another dot release.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not even like I'm. I'm going to personally do a lot because I don't. I don't really. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, I recognise that there's a limited amount of manpower, and uh, those people that are working on it, I don't want their attention to be derailed.
0: Absolutely, you know? yeah. If they're all full steam ahead, I mean, actually, talking about how is work going on in PHP seven? Then, um, like, well,
1: I'm, I mean, pretty good. Uh, we're getting some really nice, nice, nice work done on it. Mostly, Nikita's getting some nice work done on it. He's like um he's a, like a magical,
0: a man possessed, a machine. He, he is extremely good. He's a, he's a very quiet guy like you as well like doesn't really nobody just... knows nobody knows what he looks like No yeah no one knows who he is what he looks like um all you know is he's a student I see, like a, a prodigy student pretty much in Berlin Germany
1: Yeah and the things he does in his spare time <laughs> just unbelievable <laughs> he's so smart he really is I I envy him loads he's got he's got um he'll have the world at his feet when he's finished educating himself he he he's remarkable
0: yeah and the and the stuff he's given back like you it's amazing you know i mean helping out these millions and millions of developers
1: yeah and uh i just hope we don't lose him to something more interesting
0: (laughs) yeah it's like php's still interesting come back
1: he's doing um he's studying like quantum mechanics and um uh you know that that kind of thing in his spare time he does like processor design courses oh my god so smart so I think we might lose him to something more interesting. But while we've got him, yeah. Yeah, he's doing a really good job. Uh, yeah, his, his latest... Um, he, I don't know if you've seen it. There's uh, an see up for removing deprecated stuff, and it's just all the crap that's just been hanging around for ages. And uh, that was good.
0: Man, yeah, he must have got take, that's taken ages just to go through and kind of do the horrible clean-up job.
1: And also, defending your ideas takes longer than writing code. And he does... He does have to defend a lot of his ideas. Uh, you know, he does put a lot of time into it. We're all
0: grateful for that, obviously. So, so seven anything since we last spoke about? Probably, yeah, it was about four or five months ago.
1: What well, on the PHP front, Well, um, Andrea uh, Andrea is super active as well. Um, she does some really quite complicated stuff, quite cool stuff as well. Um, she's got she's doing the strict scale scale scalar hint in RSC. And she's got one for big integers. and I think, uh, I think that's about it. That's interesting, actually, at the moment. But yeah, I mean, it's all going; it's, it is all going full steam ahead. Everyone's concentrated on it.
0: And and Will Pit, so uh, one of the things Nicky, so he does actually blog, and then when he blogs, everyone listens. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the new hash table implementation. Yeah, um, and that made like hack news create. You know, everyone was you know, and then it's all this kind of flaming like, oh, you know, PHP only has one data structure and all this rubbish, but that actually brings up a bigger kind of question I think. so php um you know if you go to languages like java and you know and you know things like python you're, you're, you're that, you will you'll you'll hear that we have dictionaries lists sets etc and you'll have these different notations for creating them yeah. and but then you go to php and there's just this yeah. array yeah and it's this magical thing, and and it is beautiful because you know you can do so much with just an array. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering. So, so has there ever been kind of an idea to add other type? Well, there has been with uh, the you know standard PHP library. Yeah, but like this hash table implementation, I suppose it would just give the audience like how does it work? Like- well,
1: it, it's not just everything to the programmer as well. It's actually everything to everything. All of PHP uses um, the hash table, not just not just programmer code, but all of the internals use it.
0: Wow.
1: So um, it is really heavily used. But there's an advantage in having many ways to do things in that you've got choice. But a lot of the time, you make the wrong choice. Yeah. And so PHP in its simplicity has just decided that we can just make do with one. And the fact of the matter is that we do. A lot of people don't use the SPL things for, for, for their actual production no, stuff
0: only when they are hit a bit bottlenecks that they need to solve like you know if there is a specific problem
1: um people that know about it say that it's horrible uh, so i defer to them in their knowledge because they know about it so yeah there's an advantage but there's also the disadvantage that um a lot of the time we get stuff wrong
0: hey it's so- very lispy you know they have lists we have an array you know we just same thing
1: yeah <laughs> um well, the the old implement, the new implementation does sort of, it tries to combine a a, a normal C array with a hash table. Yeah,
0: because, so, so, with a hash, I suppose actually for the audit, what is a hash table?
1: Okay, well, an array right C can only
0: be represented with,
1: um, numeric keys, and, uh, a whole, a whole number, well, uh, it can only be represented with, uh, numeric keys. So, obviously, you can't use, Hello, as a as a index. and it's a
0: fixed length. So an array really is just this fixed length bit well, of memory. Well,
1: yeah, but that's less of a problem because you can just you can
0: you can double yeah
1: yeah. um That's what the hash table does. It allows you to use basically strings as as keys.
0: And the idea then is your string or whatever you know gets converted into used into an integer value. that's you've got these yeah. set of buckets, and then the buckets then have like a a linked list to almost way of being a, and then PHP is doubly linked list where you're able then to, you know, college dealing with collisions because undoubtedly two keys will end up in the same bucket. And to resolve that, you just add them to the list. That's right. Yeah. And there was a problem, wasn't there like a couple of years ago, I think that um, Rasmus where the get like um, people were able to do this amazing collisions. You take advantage of the arrays and then have this collision where it would always go into the same bucket, and then almost DDoS your computer. Well, not DDoS, but you know, over your computer. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, they're they're still well. I suppose everything's vulnerable to attack, so there's not really much point in trying to mitigate that. But um, the, the the improvements in new implementation are they're like a, they're not like nobody. Well, I can't be f- sure, but I don't think anyone set out to improve the hash table. Other other improvements were made elsewhere, so that. Um, we use memory more efficiently. So the changes to the hash table, kind of the big, the good ones, the ones that we really feel, they're a product of that, that um, values in the buckets are no longer passed, passed around with so many levels of indirection and they're stack allocated. So that's much faster. And it results in using the CPU, modern CPUs have got caches, little, little bits of memory they can use and uh, keeping everything on the stack means that you, you get to use the cache more efficiently so that's good. Um, they're they're the ones they're the ones that we actually that they're the ones that we actually feel. The, the other changes in the API are more to do with how we use them internally and, and the the thing where we, we want to represent a, both a normal indexed array and a hash map. So uh, that's about. Um,
0: no, it's cool. because uh, the hash, another beautiful thing about this data structure we have with the array, the hash table, is that it's ordered by insertion and that's another there's a couple of changes a memory changes there as well isn't there i think i remember reading in the blog post where now we're able to store that more effectively as well the order
1: yeah the, um yeah the, that uses a, the order uh, list user two, two linked lists and w list. and uh, yeah but the uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure whether these are improvements we're really feeling anything from or they're just tech. i don't i don't know the ones we the ones we're going to feel are, are the uh are the better the better the ones that cause a better use of cash and just the change in all of seven um Z vowels are no no longer allocated weird and copied weird
0: so and Z vowels are pretty much every value in PHP. yeah that's the
1: um that's the C, um name for a variable
0: yeah no that's really cool um with uh, so so another thing actually we were talking about um a bit when we when we last spoke was strings and having this idea of Auto boxing strings. I think I remember we were kind of thinking of that and then you came out with the Unicode string. Yeah. Um, which looks awesome. And it was a great appy and it you kinda of took some ideas, what Nikit you know, did with you know yeah. you know, from his blog post. And I'm just wondering. Scale our um, methods blog post. Yeah. I'm just wondering how's that going? And is it gonna be released in PHP seven or is that just a thought exercise kind of thing?
1: Oh no, no, it's going well. Um I wrote an RSC, well, actually Phil Sturgeon wrote an R S C for it. And um, we've we've announced it on the internals list. Uh, there's some changes to make, but yeah, it looks promising. It looks it, look, it looks it looks like we'll go forward with that in seven years.
0: Awesome. So we're going to have a Unicode string, and and it's going to so it's going to actually follow those properties that you really like. You know, the auto well, the idea of auto boxing it where you can if you well, I suppose actually that's the thing. It, will it though use autoboxing to be able to say I want it to be a string, or you actually will actually say you would use the U um, helper function. And pass uh, a string.
1: If you if you hint for a Unicode string, you have to pass a Unicode string. I mean, uh, if you if you hint for a Unicode string, you have to pass a Unicode string. But if you hint for a string, you can pass a Unicode string.
0: Ah, uh, so it can and it will de it will then deconstruct it or, yeah. or un- unbox it into a string for you.
1: Which is quite that might that might be quite expensive. But the hope is, is that if you've got a Unicode string, you will hint for a Unicode string and use a Unicode string. But there's there's kind of a little bit of magic going on to make it a bit easier to integrate with old code and whatever, but hopefully people will just get into the habit of hinting for a Unicode string.
0: Is this is this hoping to replace or just a the, the current like extensions that are available for Unicode support?
1: Basically, yeah. Um there's oh M B string, yeah. Um which is really slow. So it basically replaces that. Um there's the INTL the international extension, INTL, but that hasn't actually got a string class, which is a bit weird. But it's basically built on the same library a lot of INTL's
0: ICU. So yeah. So how does it not then have? I suppose they just internally handle what they want to do, and then they don't yeah, give you an abstraction that you can actually use.
1: Just never set out to have a. They just never set out to have a string class. Really. They just yeah. They just use. Uh, they just use the API underlying, but they don't really expose it. But I think that's a bit wasteful. and, and
0: uh... Especially when you can take advantage of making a cleaner API. I'm sure people will start using the Unicode string, even if they're not caring about Unicode support, just because the API looks so much nicer.
1: Well, a lot of times, I suppose, if you care about one string, you care about them all. I mean, if you care about anything, it's going to be input,
0: isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, user so, input.
1: Yeah, so any string could be Unicode. So yeah. uh, hopefully people will just start using it. And maybe that maybe that will give us an opportunity to write like a normal string one as well, and maybe people will start using that. But I don't. Know, I don't. That's much dependent on what happens with the scalar.
0: And and so so with the unit. So the implementation that you've provided then. So you've used a a lower a C library. C yeah a C plus plus library I believe, that does, does Unicode support, and then you provided the API on top of that.
1: Yeah. It is actually the library. I mean, there's no question in in the industry what library you use to implement Unicode. Uh, you do it with ICU. And some languages have got their own implementation, but that's like for the actual language level. But if you're just wanting an app, you use ICU. I mean there's That's question. the standard. Yeah. It's really mature, it's like rock solid, so I don't, I, it's not uh, it's deviated a little bit from it, just a little tiny bit so that we could have something that looks right for PHP, but basically it's built on such a rock-solid foundation. It'd be stupid to pick Zend apart and try and make it. I and mean, we've already tried with we've already PHP, tried. Six.
0: I was PHP six. Taking PHP six again.
1: Uh, so I don't really see the point in smashing our head against the wall. We should just come up with a different way.
0: No, I think I think what you've done here is kind of a great solution that doesn't kind of you know take you know break apart and have to kind of cause all this mess yeah i definitely think it's i definitely think it's worth testing like, i'd be interested
1: to see how it really works in the real world i mean i've obviously tested how quick it is compared to mb string and it kicks the ass out of that but i don't know what kind of impact it would have to use it for every string or, or all of your input so i i don't know real world ex-
0: so so yeah. with um like mb string there so that doesn't use the underlying li- library that you've used
1: oh no Oh, God, no. No, it uses some weird... It's like a library that floats around the internet. Ah. Yeah, we do that. The, the hashing algorithm we use just floats around the internet as well. But lo- lots of people do that in C. That's normal. Uh, no, it uses its own um, library. I can't even remember the name of it. The name of it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's embedded in the source, so you can, you can see it. Oh,
0: so, actually, going back then to what we were talking about at the beginning, which was your, uh, you know, your PHP, uh, parallel PHP talk that you were hoping yeah. to give... When we were talking about, you know, over Twitter to talk about what we were going to talk about, you know, you said there's, you know, I said, oh, is there any topics you, you know, you mind talking? And one of them saying there's, there starts, there now is starting to appear a lot of confusion in the PHP community to do with parallelism, concurrency, asynchronous methods and stuff. And I just wonder, you know, maybe care to like just a five minute or whatever, you know, kind of introduction to what the differences are. You know, and what what people what you see at the moment in the PHP world, people are getting confused.
1: Well, um, it's basically just the,
0: the terminology and
1: the patterns. A lot of people use the word asynchronous and parallel interchangeably, and that's really wrong. So yeah, um, there was a someone wrote a blog post called "A Case for Ph- Async PHP," and they made a big 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 blog post about it. Uh, it was it's on Reddit. It was by um, a Chris uh, on medium.com, and. People are talking about it like it's this like okay, asynchronous and parallel. They're both forms of concurrency. Concurrency means to do more than one thing at a time, but it, but but asynchronous and parallel are different. Asynchronous means if you've got three independent tasks and you execute them asynchronously, it, Asynchronously, it means that you've interleaved the instructions for the tasks so that they run concurrently with each other.
0: And they appear that they're working actually in, in parallel, well, no, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, at the same time, but actually but they're, they're only being executed one at a time.
1: Yeah, the instructions are interleaved, and so you're executing task 1 instruction, and then task 2 and task 3, rather than all the instructions for task 1, all the instructions for task 2, all the instructions for task 3, which is synchronous, which is... And those
0: asynchronous, because those are threads, say on like a a single core machine where you only have one time that you can actually do... These threads are then asynchronous, interleaved together to appear like they're working at the same time.
1: Not thread... Well, not necessarily threads. I mean, it doesn't have to be a a thread at all. It's normally not a thread at all. um, Asynchronous just means that one... Function doesn't retain control of okay. the execution of one thread, so that um, other tasks can be um, executed interleaved. So that um, that make, that only really make that's only really useful for non-blocking I/O, because when you're doing non-blocking I/O, you can eliminate the waiting instructions. So rather than wait, you pass on to the next task, so it can do a bit of reading, um, and then that would block when that um read wood block you pass on to the next one and by the time you come back to the your one it, the data is ready yeah. so that's the only time that that's really useful whereas parallel means in parallel so concurrently with respect to time so that task 1 task 2 and task 3 run in the same time and space as
0: and, each and am i right thinking to do that you have to have, have, to have more than
1: one th- you have to have more than one thread yeah like one well yeah, let's just say more than more than one core. I mean, it's more complicated than that because a single core machine can still multi-thread. But let's not confuse the subject. Yeah. Let's just say that uh, for, for all intent- there's not really much point in writing something that's threaded for a single core. Cool, but-
0: because you're gonna yeah yeah unless you've got this funky stuff. So to to, to run in parallel, we can that we need to have more than one core because that's really actually doing the work at the same time. Yeah, uh, and and through the same time uh, yeah through and then asynchronous. And, you know, the blocking IO, that type of stuff, it's great because we can interleave these these kind of things using one core, in a sense, and it makes it feel like we're doing more work than we actually are. Yeah. But in the fact of parallel, um, parallel, you know, where the blocking will have, you know, that blocking will occur in that core, and that core will be blocking unless you interleave in those separate cores as well, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. So I've just, I've just sent you, and um, we've put it in the show notes, uh, um, it's just the simplest code, but it, it illustrates asynchronous concurrency in like thirty lines or whatever. It will run anywhere, so PHP, four, HHVM, whatever. And the idea is that you don't, you just don't retain control of the CPU. So while you have a lot, where you would normally have like a while loop, you have an if and you return control, and then another task gets to execute. And that's the only thing you need for asynchronous concurrency. You don't need any fancy anything.
0: Oh wow uh, yeah i definitely put this in the show notes this is awesome
1: so that that's that's that demonstrates the pattern and so but it's quite complicated uh, because even though that is really simple it makes a simple thing complicated because you've got to, you've got to think about where can i leave these instructions and
0: where 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 will it make sense and yeah and and going also oh, going back quickly, just the non-blocking I/O, just for the audience. So you actually in your um, parallel PHP talk, you had an example where a non-blocking I/O could be something like getting fetching some data from the internet, fetching some data from the network, fetching yeah. some data from the from the user.
1: Yeah. So um, normally when you try and fetch read read from a um, file or stream or whatever, it will block until there's data data available, or, or um, and it's very slow. It's very it's, well. It, it's slow because a lot of the time data is not available, especially over the network, and so you just end up waiting. It's not that it's slow, like it's, it's CPU intensive, it isn't. It's, it's just, yeah, it's the
0: opposite. Um, it's like, I'm waiting to do something with this data and it's not there yet. And your CPU is just
1: sitting there waiting. So, and, and it can be quite expensive in the sense that you have to keep polling. That can, that can cost. Uh, but in effect, it's just wasting time. So when you, when you set a stream non-blocking, the stream would either, a call to read or write will return if it would block. So you can carry on with the next thing. And that really, that's the only real, real application for, um, asynchronous. Well, and is that how it,
0: JavaScript, it JavaScript works?
1: Oh, I uh, know JavaScript's got uh, needs another talk. It, it it's got um, a totally different. Um, its virtual machine is totally, totally, di- totally different. It's designed to be. It's designed totally different. It's, okay, we'll, um,
0: d- we would definitely have to maybe pencil in if you're up for it and another talk yeah. on that. That'd be really cool.
1: Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that lends itself really well to non-blocking I/O, and we and we um we hear a lot of people talking about using React and.
0: Yeah that 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 confu- you see I think that confuses the thing with asynchronous because then they instantly assume it's the node javascript model of things.
1: Yeah well it, in a way it kind of is but I just wouldn't conf- I wouldn't talk about node and, and react in the same context because they're very different. In react is only good for io really based on how javascript the vm works um which really lends itself to the ki- the ki- the kind of stack you need to keep switching between tasks. PHP doesn't have that, and so, in a way, React is more complicated because it's got to facilitate all of what the VM does in JavaScript. So, when people say an event loop, so if you've got lots of tasks executing at the same time and you're interleaving them all, which is what React does and what asynchronous means, it's called an event loop because the loop that um, propagates the events drives the application. It makes it go forward. It executes all the tasks in the in the loop. So, the event loop is actually just that loop that propagates events, and an event is just the execution of your task, the execution of your next instruction in your task. Um, I don't know if that's a very good explanation.:
0: No, that's great. I mean I think we'd definitely be awesome to have another show maybe on that the differences and stuff. yeah you, know, you have sorry you have concurrency, which is what we're doing. we want to you know do things in parallel. well, you know we want to do multiple things. Yeah. then we have parallelism and asynchronous and parallelism is true in that time we're doing the same thing yeah. and asynchronous is we're pretending to do the same thing but really what we're doing is actually interleaving it in one bit of time and it, yeah. you know, all, the, all the requests that could be blocking that could slow us down are actually, you know, we're then doing something in, in, in place of that
1: yeah, basically,
0: yeah awesome, and, and because there's a couple so I, I suppose the thing is now is what does PHP offer in this area and uh, one of them is obviously your P threads.
1: Yeah, pthreads is a threading app, an object-orientated one. It's getting quite mature now. It's had over 100,000 downloads. Awesome. Which is quite cool, yeah. Um, so yeah, it ma- it makes it about as easy as it is in Java to achieve parallelism. Java's got real good support for threads, and I basically just copied it. I mean, there's limitations because they're not exactly the same, but for all intents and purposes, it's basically the same as Java.
0: Is there any... I mean, this is probably a dumb question. Is there any, like, idea of being able to bring P threads into official PHP 7, like, release or a release? Or is... That going to be just not possible.
1: Well, okay, so Pthreads requires that PHP is built in thread safe mode, and thread safe mode has got a bit of an overhead, which is why people don't use it unless they have to.
0: And in and, and the case that you don't need threads, yeah, there's no point in having like that overhead. Paying, yeah, yeah, that's paying for that cost.
1: But recently, I can't, I can't remember when, a few months ago, I reworked a, a patch from way back in history by someone else that makes, makes the thing that makes PHP thread safe more efficient. Comparable. Comparably efficient as not having it. So it's about as, should have been about as fast as normal PHP. So it would remove most of the overhead, like so much of the overhead that there's no worries anymore. Uh, but then you still have the argument of whether it's correct to have thread safe as the default. I would argue that it probably actually is because you get a more, our architecture is shared nothing. And with the newer, newer version of our thread safety component you get a more robust environment you get a more you get a more robust environment and also you um but you get the benefits of being able to share Still still historically it's a share nothing architecture so that
0: you copy things by value and you don't have references to the same thing and
1: yeah well um even at the engine level like every request is totally isolated every instance of the extension and every request even in thread safe mode where we don't use separate processes it's totally isolated so keeps it simple but at the same time there is talk of making some things be able to share among um requests like if we could just share like class entries and some some metadata from class entries and, and functions then we would save so much so that's being talked about by people at zend not me so maybe that could happen M- maybe in the future we'll have a, a php that's realistically better to just deploy in thread safe mode that's because
0: co- i mean i suppose that would make it easier as well not to think of two different versions of php almost and just having yeah. one unified version that is okay it's thread safe there you go boom
1: if there is a problem with adoption of p-threads, it's because most people don't have a thread-safe PHP. Mm. It's really easy to build PHP. on Windows, everyone's got thread-safe PHP, but they just don't know it. But they have. Well, um, well,
0: that is, why is that then? Is that because Windows requires? Better. It
1: better. No, it's just
0: be- well, IIS does actually is a thread-based
1: thing. Uh, it's it's processing model thread-based, not um, process-based. So the IIS module required, uh, it still requires um, thread safety, but. Windows is just better with threads, and it just makes, it just makes sense on, it's better with threads than it is with processes, and so the, most people have got it, um, installed. Like, the Apache, like, iOS requires it, but even Apache, which has got lots of processing models, a lot of, like, the Apache Friends builds and things like that are thread safe, uh, that comes with threads. So yeah, on Windows, you've already got it, and on, on anything mix, it's not difficult to do, and some repositories, like, um, Remy Collet. Yep. Uh, he maintains, like, a bunch of fedora.
0: Centraway, yeah, like, yeah, uh, Red Hat-based.
1: Yeah, so you can install it from, like, package managers there.
0: I think people, people are scared of compiling PHP from source, aren't they? I think...
1: Yeah, a lot of the time, though, there's quite a bit to gain. I mean, a lot of them are old, first of all, and... Um, because a lot of distros don't won't even change like the minor no, version.
0: No, because they're scared of changing it because they're going to have to, to support yeah. it. And so it, the chances are, if you've installed it from the repository, you've got a shared
1: version anyway. You've got a bunch of extensions you didn't want, and or you've got a load of extensions that you did want, and you're loading them shared, and they could be static. And um... well, what does
0: that mean? Sorry, static versus shared. Oh
1: well, mean? okay, so an extension can either be embedded into the PHP binary or it can be built as a standalone shared object, so a DLL in Windows speak, but a, a dynamic shared object, DSO in, in everywhere else. So um, if you've got them static, then it's quicker to, to during module init and requesting it and things like that. It's, because
0: it's already inside a PHP yeah. in the binary. Yeah, it's quicker. And, and um, why would you have it shared instead then? Is that because then if you were it still afterwards and you don't well, know...
1: Some stuff requires that you build it shared, um, just because of weird, like weird make files and things like that. But say other st- say the PCNTL extension that does like forking and things like that. You don't want that loaded in Apache um, or for or FPN. so you wouldn't load it there. So you might, you might want some of them shared, but the majority of the extensions that your application use, you might as well build them static into your PHP because it's just easier I and mean, configuration is easier. There's no reading 30 files to find out which extensions to load. And, uh, it's just simpler. So there's a lot to gain from building your own, just not, not even if you're just going to do it thread safe i suggest everyone has a go at it once
0: i think that's the, i think people are very apprehensive of doing it and they just assume that the package manager version is going to be the greatest that they can get no,
1: not at all i mean and it's so easy as well it's like, it's like three commands it's so easy so everyone should have a go at that at least once
0: i mean maybe we should i don't know another pencil another one episode in about compiling php and yeah. you know kind of the idea behind that because i know we did an episode where we were talking about how php's you know a php script is run uh at a high level maybe with the same with how how you can compile you know php would be a really good one because i think people would definitely you know show them that it's not that scary and and the benefits that they get you know for their for their use case
1: yeah and and i mean c doesn't look totally alien to php programmers at all i mean they're quite similar in a lot of ways and if you've got like a bug, there's. Not... I remember um, having to work with PHP before I knew enough about it to debug it really well, and it was so frustrating. You put you put up a bug report on PHP.net, and it just sits there for like years, and no one does nothing. And unless it's interesting, like no
0: one's going to move on. That's it, it exactly. Yeah, unless it's an interesting and thing, someone actually has a personal like. If it's or... in
1: your way, it's so frustrating. Yep. And, and you can actually just you can actually just read the code and find out. what A lot of the time, you can just. With basic tutorials like how to debug a program, you can just find out what's wrong. And if you come along and report a bug and say, "Here is what's wrong," someone will snap that up. And then, and then, you say so you've
0: done you've done the hard job of actually
1: yeah of finding out what yeah. it is. And if if it's if, it, if it's found out to be that, then you you know if someone's looking at it, then they obviously know how to fix it. And and so it just makes the whole thing much better for everyone. I'm not saying everyone should learn C, but everyone should probably have a little look.
0: <laughs> I think it's definitely a really valuable tool to understand what C does and how it works, um, and, what,
1: and the kind of things you shouldn't do. After a while, you start to realise stuff that you've done is just
0: bad practice, and yeah, yeah.
1: but but it's not like it's not. I know one talks about it, but you just could do it better. And so you do start doing it better for no other reason than you know how to now. You know
0: how to, that's it, exactly. Yeah. It becomes like just folklore, doesn't it, of us? Like, you know, we already know that.
1: So that's. I think it's usually, it's worse having a go at building at least.
0: I don't know if you've got any other things for this episode. We've definitely got a couple of other episodes that I'm kind of thinking up trying to work out times that maybe we'll be able to do it. Um But no, I mean, is there anything else you want to say this episode?
1: No, I think think that's about it. We covered everything.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's been really great again. Again, so sorry for the, you know, the rescheduling, if I'm rescheduling. Um, But yeah, I'm hoping now we can get the... uh, Well, we were hoping in the new year, trying to get our podcast going, like, once a week again. But it is, like, life's (laughs) happened. Yeah. life. Life happens too much, and, you know, we have to kind of work with that, but... We're trying our best, and Joe, it's been great having you on again. But yes, yeah, so thank you very much, Joe and audience. We will see you later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3 devs and a maybe.